I've never produced a film before, and I kind of didn't even know that that's what I was doing. And I knew nothing about the film festival racket, which is akin to the theater racket. But we, we have gotten six, as of this morning, six positive re uh, festival responses. All that means to me is that at least six complete strangers in one way or another, the piece hit them. And to know that in one way or another, it affected them somehow, positively, is fantastic. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 658, The Web Opera. friend Michael Roth has composed the music for and produced the film of The Web Opera, a sort of a form-shattering short film or web series dealing with the unintended consequences of people living life online. You can watch the whole thing right now at thewebopera.com. In addition to Michael's music, the words are by Kate Gale. The incredible graphics are by Lisa Glenn Armstrong, Yi Yi Xiao, and Chris Gall. And the amazingly talented cast is under the magnificently detailed direction of Kate Jobson. Just this morning, I chatted with Michael and asked him about his motivation for combining one of our oldest dramatic musical forms with one of our newest technological marvels and mediums. And click okay, okay. There are kind of two answers to that. One is um, whenever I've, uh, over the past 10 or 15 years, I suppose, whenever I've met a writer uh, who would like to write a musical, write a music theater piece, write an opera, what, whatever. The first thing I've said, or let's at least say the fifth thing I've said after thank you very much or something like that, is, you know, they're really hard to get done. Yeah. Because who the hell knows if you'll ever get it done at all. You know, you might end up with a reading in a basement in Orange County, and I've done those, right, at, at South Coast Rep, which is great. Um... But, you know, but you don't know if that's going to lead to a production. And if, if I'm in my more cynical moments, if you do enough workshops, you'll probably never do a production, right? right. And, um, and, and also, if you do a production, you likely won't do a second mm -hmm. where you maybe kind of figure it out. But what I've said all the time is, but, you know, we can make a film because the means of production are not inaccessible. And we can always post it and see what happens. Right. But it will be what we mean it to be. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, you know, on a purely musical level, um, more and more now, as I'm composing, I, I don't, I mean, I do have a, 
uh, a keyboard here, but I don't write from a pianistic point of view. I very rarely do. I write con counterpoint. Okay. And I sit with scores, and I come up, and I have a musical idea, and I just kind of keep expanding on it, making choices for instrumentation and things like that. Um, musical theater or opera tends to start with a piano vocal. In other words, something you can do live. That, and and I, that's not the way I work all the time. And in fact. What the web opera really allowed me to do was just keep expanding it because it was finally just going to be what I wanted it to sound like. Right. Without thinking about, do I hire these musicians for eight performances a week? And there are, in fact, things in the web opera that I could never do live. There are five or six prepared piano textures and three or four toy piano textures throughout that, many of which I just decided to do as I was mixing it or as I was kind of watching it. So it it was a very liberating thing to do that. So all that is very technical. The other thing, of course, is when Kate Gale, uh, who wrote the libretto, she and I met, again, a, a year years ago now, four or five years ago, and said, and we were circling around stories and thinking about stuff. Somewhere in the middle of all that, what happened with the, the tragedy of Tyler Clementi's story happened. I don't remember how I first knew of it, but as we talked about it, and I don't believe we said, well, let's do that. I, I don't think that was our first response. I think we just talked about it. Right. You do. But as we thought about it, I said, you know, this is not a stage piece. This is a film. And in fact, the means of production for the story, the weapon for the story, is something you and I are looking at right now. Right. This and by and over time, I realized that if if we filmed it from you know like right now, you 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 could be a shot in the opera, right? Because right. the shot of the opera is is you know a camera representing the computer or an iPad or an iPhone. All the shots are like that. And so by telling this story about the violation of privacy, you are in fact violating the privacy of the characters by watching it. And I think. By the time you get to even to episode three, you kind of really feel that way. That it's you shouldn't you shouldn't really be watching. I love I, I, I love hearing all of that. I love that the fact that the subject matter dictated the medium in which yeah. the story would be told. And I love how it's filmed in which this in which the audience is is the screen that each character is looking at because it puts the audience into the into the role of voyeur and and complicit and complicit yes exactly right. um and it's well and, and and so that's great that's fascinating on one level but on another level one of the things that makes it so i mean in addition to your music which is incredibly compelling and weird and w wonderful the actors you have and yep. the are, are so amazing. I mean, these guys are doing a, feels like nine or ten, eleven minute takes. Yes. Of of your music, and not only just singing, but they're acting to camera. They're manipulating props. They're doing this yep. and that. Um, it's it's in it's enormously uh, uh, compelling. But then you've added all this animation where we can see the various things on the screen. Right. Right, showing what they're doing on the screen. Right. I mean, on just every level, it's just a, really an enormously powerful work of imagination.
No, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, there are times, there are some people who, who in watching it, at a certain point say, well, the actors are doing amazing things because the cameras, right now, are, again, the, the, you know, like I'm, the camera's here. Right. You know, and, they, and all they're doing is, it's all this yeah. in a really limited frame and they're living in the moment. I mean, Adam's work in episode two, you know, I mean, how moving it is. But but then I'll also, once he's in the middle of figuring things out, it's very subtle. Um, and he's really singing. Now, granted, you know, I mean, spoiler alert to some extent, you know, he is actually singing, although it's pre-recorded. So right. he's singing with himself because we we to have recorded him live would have been way more complicated right you know you know i mean so um i mean he, he could do that in a performance but the sound in the it, it's when they did that in les mis all the live singing they had to be purely soundproof right. and you know episodes one and two are filmed in my kitchen in santa monica <laughs> yeah. uh and it's mainly because I really like the blue wall. If you ever come over, you'll say, "Wow, look at the blue wall! Oh, look, there's the window!" You know, it's it's it. You know, th this is as independent and as you know, independently financed and produced as something like this could be. Most of it was recorded in my in my place in Santa Monica. You know, um, some stuff was recorded at my friend Peter Sprague's house, the guitarist. But that was when I said, uh, you know, I can't press the button and be the composer and be the recording. I can't. It's it's way too much. Well, um, you, and you say that that it was all self-produced and and self-done, but that Im that implies a sort of a slipshod aspect to it, and it's so not. How much how much rehearsal time did you have with your actors? Quite a bit. You know the what's the old axiom in in, in it works in in all kinds of showbiz. You know, there, there's, there's inexpensive, inexpensive, good, and and quick, and you can only have two. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and 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 that's thoroughly true. You know, in this case, um, we had a a couple of months on each episode, mainly because the circumstances changed for each each episode, kind of, but. You know, it was all done in between everybody's job. Right. You know, and and uh, like like in episode three, Stephanie, the main woman who plays June, um, Stephanie is a really great singer songwriter who splits her time between L.A. and Amsterdam. Oh. And uh, so she had to go home to Amsterdam for a while. So I I believe we kind of took August and most of September off that year. Right. But what's interesting, Austin is that the, um, you know, the uh, actors, it, it, they're not really performing much. No, right. right. It, it's very naturalistic, or, or as my old friend Ann Bogart would, said, it, it would say it's quotidian behavior. Hmm. It's very, very just, it's, they're just existing. Yeah. Um, and the more we rehearsed it and kind of went over it, nobody's really showing up to perform in it they're just going about their lives yeah they just happen to be singing yeah but that's okay 
Um, but it's almost as if they're singing to themselves. I mean, as opposed to an opera where the fat lady is, you know, belting to the back balcony, these guys are just singing to themselves as they look at themselves in a viewfinder, in a webcam. Right, and it's very intimate. And, yeah. and um, you know, I remember when we, when we went to do the good recording of Stephanie and Ruben for episode three, we, we drove down to my friend's house just north of here, north, in, north of San Diego, and they watched a rehearsal of them because they'd never seen it. And they said, it's amazing because we, we just are kind of talking to each other. Yeah. And, but they're singing, right? Yeah. And so, you know, and, and, um, but you're right. In episode two, we do get to the point where he can emote about what he's going through, his loneliness, his desire for companionship, for friends, for feeling good about what his life is. To, you know, um, but we have to get there, right? Right? Because if we did ten minutes of just that, we don't earn it. You're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Hi, I'm NPR's arts critic Bob Mondello and a devoted fan of the RSC ever since they thanked me years ago for making up my own jokes when I reviewed them instead of stealing theirs. Where can you RSC the RSC? You can see Reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and illustrated by the marvelous Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. We have one performance left this summer of 2019 of the complete works of William Shakespeare abridged revised in Lake Placid, New York on August 10th. We'll have more performance dates starting this fall of 2019. 2019, both in the U.S. and in another place I'm very close to being able to announce. And as always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. And now back to my conversation with award-winning composer and now film producer, Michael Roth, talking about his latest project that's making a lovely splash on the film festival circuit, The Web Opera. I think I'm right that I, in a few things that I read that there's a the film part of the reason the film exists is to kind of create awareness of cyberbullying and the and the detrimental effects of of that and what I found fascinating about the film is that none of the characters um, act like you would expect bullies to act right the the, the things that they do I, seem relatively benign and yet they have tragic circumstances not to give too much of a spoiler away, which is a great warning for all of us. 
Right. No, I, I, um, wh why am I enjoying this even though I'm not making a nickel? Let's be real American in this new America about this. No, I'm not making any money. But, you know, the fact is Stephanie, the woman in Tasmania who runs this new music uh, magazine, immediately caught on to how I capture how we, in fact, treat each other. Yeah. And, and as you put it, how benign, we, we don't even know. The, the fact is that although you could say that they're conscious in, in the third episode that, that maybe they've crossed a line, but they, they really shouldn't do this. Oh, yeah, you know, and, and then they, you know, the, the, the means to, to do what they do are so accessible. So our behavior online, you know, the narcissism of this existence of I'm going to say this because I can is it's profound what it's doing to us. I don't think any of us fully understand it yet, nor because we can't. But the crime that happened here that led to tragic circumstances, when it happened, there was no real name for the crime. Right. What are we going to convict this kid of? You know, yeah. does, does he even know that he's committing a crime? Does you know? Because on a certain level, he just he's just typing something to amuse himself. Yeah. You know, it, he didn't think anything of it, and in fact, as, as you know, in episode one, they allow for that to happen because in the webcam instructions they say. You know, you can restrict who sees this, but it's kind of tricky. So just click OK. Yeah, right. And that's yeah. what we do. We, we click OK. And the power we have with all this is amazing. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Comedy Podcast. You can watch the first three episodes of The Web Opera online now. Go to thewebopera.com for more information. Then send us your technological marvels via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSC Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener. Thanks, as always, to former bully on the DVD playground, Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band, and this week by Michael Roth. You've been listening to excerpts from his score for the web opera with words by Kate Gale, wonderfully directed directed by Kate Jobson. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Scott Small. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to NPR film critic Bob Mondello. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 658, 1974ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. So... What's the next project you're going to do that you don't make any money from? <laughs> this podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.